Name a career in which you may not have to worry about performance and still get paid, uh, besides the weatherman. Well, of course you expect your broker to perform well, but what if they put your money in the market and the market doesn't perform? 50% chance of rain or sunny skies. Is it time you learned how to keep your principal and protect your gains with a higher income strategy? That's why to tune in to the Total Financial Hour with host Eric Hallaby, Sundays at 11 a.m. Learn about your financial power on the Total Financial Hour, Sundays at 11 a.m. on AM870, The Answer. The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halaby, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power. Total hey, welcome to the show. Good morning. The Total Financial Hour. I'm Eric Halvey. Give us a call at 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. 888-99-RETIRE. Uh, look, we talk about a lot of things on the show, uh, and often uh, we, we dip in scams and frauds because there's things to watch out for. Sometimes things aren't exactly a scam or a fraud, uh, meaning, you know, on the surface, it, it seems like it's supposed to be okay. But one of the things that I, I want to really be clear on, because we're starting to see more of this, are some social sec- social security scams. There's some ways to avoid them. How do you stay protected? Uh, and what are some of the gray area things? Uh, often financial people will do seminars, quote, on Social Security, but really the objective is to get you to become a client. Come in for your free report. And then their goal is to kind of turn you into almost a bait and switch is, is where the gray area comes in. A lot of folks are saying, feels like a bait and switch. I came in with one, uh, and it and it feels like, you know, it, I'm leaving with something else. In other words, I didn't know that I was coming in to talk about my investments. I thought I was here for Social Security. Many of you have been to those. Uh, many of you have seen people talk about that, and, and you feel it kind of timeshare-ish, right? As much as I like timeshares, sometimes the practice, the more unscrupulous of the group, they don't seem to do things the right way. And that really leads you to a bad taste in your mouth for the entire system or the entire product or whatever it might be. So I want you to know that there are ways to get a Social Security report, get information. What is there, some sort of 2,000 different um, rules or something with Social Security? Whatever, 10,000, doesn't matter. There's really basic stuff that matters to you, right? If you don't have a disability in your family, uh, you or your spouse, well, then that's 500 rules that don't apply. If you don't have a dependent child, well, that's another 250 rules. You know, you know the, the point is, the different sets of rules, That's uh, when we say them, it's meant to overwhelm you. But go back to the gut instinct. Is there something wrong? Feels like this is a little yucky. I need to leave. Right. I went to a timeshare presentation once, my wife and I, years ago. Uh, and I think we went because they advertised Dodger tickets. And we wanted to take the kids to the Dodger game or something. So we, uh, uh, we go... There, they, they check. Everything's nice, lovely, great people, friendly people. You check in. Uh, and then once you're in, the door that you entered 
is no longer the door that you can exit. While they play a video with very loud music and lights, it's very designed. It's designed to be disorienting. You know that. I mean, physically, it's designed to keep you off balance. But while you're watching a video of a wonderful, happy couple, you know, with perfect teeth, great tan lines, and a full set of hair, uh, you know, they're walking around dancing on the beach, and it's great. It's beautiful. But behind us, they were closing off the entrance. And in other words, they they took uh, posters and potted plants, and they blocked off how we entered. So now when you turn around, you look back and you're like, what the heck? Where'd the door go? It was right here a second ago. And so there's purposely loud music, balloons everywhere. So it's visually auditory. It's designed to keep you off balance. So why am I sharing something like this with you? Well, first of all, I think there, I think there's a good use for a timeshare. For the right people, it works very well. I'm not putting the, the concept or even the industry down. I think there's some bad guys out there. We all have seen them. If you've been alive for more than 10 minutes, you know that sometimes it's a, it's a big place to be abused. Well, the other side of it is your, your fear and concern when it comes to something like Social Security. Because you get one chance to make a change. You, you have one chance to say, okay, I'm 62 and a half, start it. I'm 65, start my Social Security. So it's difficult to unwind or undo that. Now, I'm going to give you some basics with Social Security, but I'm also going to talk to you about some of the scams that we are seeing that are legit scams. In other words, it's not gray area. It isn't some of the dinner seminar bait and switch. We're going to talk about Social Security. I just want to help you with your Social Security. Bam, give me your retirement accounts to invest. Right? That is not what we do. That is not what, a, in my opinion, a, a solid, clear, legitimate firm should do. But continuing with Social Security, just for a second for you to get an idea of some of the scams and frauds, I, I want you to know this. If you start Social Security, you have one time, you have one chance to do a do-over. So, for example, if you inherit money halfway through your first year of Social Security and you say, well, great, I don't want to turn it on, you can pay this back and you get a chance to restart as if you never took the money out. So here's what I mean by that. You start Social Security at 63 years old because you were laid off due to the, the coronavirus. Right. The Wuhan flu comes through and you end up losing some of your dough and you got to start over. So what do you do? Well, simple. You start taking Social Security. But halfway through, you get your job back. You know, it's like playing a country music song backwards. Right. Your dog comes back. Your marriage comes back. Everything is good. And life, you say, gosh, why did I turn on Social Security? It's going to be taxed. There's going to be uh, limitations because I'm making more than. 16, 17,000 a year, the number, whatever the number is, right? So you have up to the first year to pay back Social Security and tell them you want to restart at a later date. And that means they act as if they never uh, turned it on, meaning you continue to get the 8% pay raises. You know, in other words, the value goes up at 8%, 8% until you turn it on again. So that's a legitimate rule that is important and necessary. It's nice to know that. But what about some of these out-and-out scams, a fraudulent letter threatening suspension of your benefits. Now, these are scams that have been highlighted by the Social Security Administration, particularly ones to be careful about because they're just part of this massive wave 
utilizing uh, the, the fears that go with coronavirus, utilizing some of the scams that are out there. So you need to really be on your toes a bit more because this is it's difficult to find legitimate information. So many Social Security offices are closed to the pandemic. And this is through Bankrate.com. It's a great article. With many seniors worried about how they're going to get their benefits, criminals, believe it or not, are going to prey on you. I know that's shocking. If you haven't watched your videos to see, you haven't watched TV, imagine that. Criminals actually go after an armed policeman. Who would ever do that? Right? I would have one chance doing that as a kid before my dad and mom had a conversation with me involving a shoe. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just the old school. So let's be clear about this. When Social Security sends a letter threatening your benefits, the offices are closed. Give us a call. We're going to wire money to you. We're going to uh, now we're going to use your direct deposit. We need to have a better bank account information. So please call us with your bank account information so we can wire the funds back to you. Right? They say stuff like that. Now, in a letter, you receive it. You'd be kind of scared. I don't blame you. So let's be clear on this. Social Security will not threaten seniors with suspended benefits, arrest, or legal action unless they pay money today. Go to, go to Western Union. It also is never going to promise higher benefits in exchange for payments. I just gave you the only real way you're going to get a higher benefit is either Congress comes together with the president and a budget and says we're going to give everybody under Social Security a pay raise of X, or you wait and don't take your benefits. Now, there's a couple other little nuances, but let's be clear. You're not going to receive a letter that says, send us money, buy us gift cards, go to Western Union. You know, there was a, a, a client of ours. A gentleman is, is, I don't know if he's a genius. He seems like it, right? He works in the defense world. He's brilliant. Engineer, makes stuff that can't talk about. And about every six months, he comes to me and says, hey, Arif, I got this letter in the mail. Looks like it might be legitimate. You know, I won the Canadian lottery. So did you play the Canadian lottery? No. Or, hey, Arif, it looks like, uh, you know, my, uh, this person is as Caucasian as they come. And he says, they said that I have a, a cousin in uh, Nigeria that is a king or a queen or they're a, a dissident on the run from some southern African country. I'm, I'm like, look, this is not how it works. And he's a very smart person. So understand, the way these scammers work, they throw out massive amounts of these letters and emails. They purposely have the email with, with faulty grammar and punctuation and spelling because they know that if it was done in a legitimate fashion, because they have spell check, they have grammar check, they knew that if it was done in a faulty manner, the, that's like the first barrier to test your vulnerability and your susceptibility to being scammed. Are you willing to fall victim, right? Are you willing to forgive some grammar errors? Does it reinforce the legitimacy that this must be a real foreigner who, where English is a second language? So they do that. All right, here's another scam. and calls for Social Security number to activate your Medicare card. Fraudsters will call seniors, so now this is a phone call, and they'll claim that they need Social Security numbers and other personal uh, information, date of birth, uh, et cetera, just to replace your Medicare card. 
because we have some fraud activity and we need your Medicare number as well. Now that is used to bilk the system. Medicare fraud, based on the medical uh, number that you have, is an enormous scam. Millions and millions, some say billions of dollars a year in the United States, where physicians are involved, attorneys are involved, uh, physical therapists, uh, nurses, doctors, all through the system. And what these folks do is they build this this uh, network where Joe Blow comes in, pretends to be you, sits in the office for 10 minutes. They bill Medicare that they saw him for all of these procedures and surgeries. Medicare pays, and you didn't even know. You, you're healthy as a horse. You didn't know that you were at a doctor's office in Hollywood or in Anaheim or in South Pasadena. That's not where you live. You, you said, what is this? So a lot of these numbers are used to fill out and get prescriptions for filing false claims. Many of them are even sold on the dark web. So very important. There's a huge number of, of fraud. Check your Medicare number directly with Medicare. Do not fall victim to these phone calls. All right. Now, listen, scammers are not uh, <laughs> they're not old fashioned. They're staying up to date. So now they send text messages about problems with Social Security number. And they'll talk about, uh, hey, listen, your Social Security number is, is having some problems. It's been, you, you've seen it. I've, got, I've gotten one just the other day on my cell phone. Pre, and it's a recording, so it's not even a real lady's voice. It's a mechanical number, you know, off of a computer. So first of all, they, they're never going to contact you by text number. That's not how it works. Social Security does not send out a text. They're not going to have you call some unknown number. Right? So be very careful about Social Security benefits and getting text messages about how your, your scam is or how your Social Security number has been used and give us a call, etc. I want to share something with you because we're seeing this happen a lot. Now that seniors are even more of a shut-in, especially individuals, widows and widowers. You are now home a lot more by yourself. People are not checking on you as much. I mean, maybe by phone and and by text, but right, the old out of sight, out of mind, it's very difficult. And I want you to know this. Scammers don't think they should stay six feet apart. Scammers don't think they should not come and visit you. So here's what they do. Often they look through obituaries. Within the last 24 months, they'll look through uh, death announcements and figure out who's passed away. And there's a little story. Survived by his lovely wife and their three children. He loved walks in the park, golf, sailing on his boat, hanging out and playing canasta, right? They'll, they'll put all of that in. And then you get, oh, maybe six months or a year into it, all of your family's gone back. Right? They've gone back to their normal lives. Usually when, when the, for example, the father passes away, everybody comes in, moves in, helps out, manages bills, gets things settled. That might take a couple of weeks, three, four weeks. And then people go back to their life in the normal routine. And, quote, the new normal becomes a part of life without your husband. And then you get this. Hi, hello. Yes, hi. Hi, I'm a, I'm a friend of Leroy. Excuse me? Yes, Leroy and I, we used to golf together, and we liked walks on the, uh, on the beach, and, and we loved to sail in the boat. And they're like, excuse me? 
Well, yes, and you know, Leroy and I, when we when we golf, I don't know if he told you, but uh, oh, 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 he hasn't mentioned me, huh? Well, well, let me tell you, uh, I owe him a hundred dollars. Uh, we we bet on the last game, and boy, his putting is amazing, uh, and he beat me, so I owe him a hundred dollars. So I'm here to pay. And they said, well, you know, he's passed away. And, oh, my gosh, he has. Well, I, I feel like I should pay the debt. You're such a sweet young man. Why don't you keep it? No, ma'am, I insist. I insist. Well, why don't you come in and have some lemonade and cookies? And the affinity fraud begins. All of a sudden, the scammer has their hook in, and they start reeling. You're such a sweet person. What an honest person to come all the way from wherever Oh, well, why don't I just check in on you now and again since he's passed away in case you need anything. You need that, that new outside light fixed or the, the roof or the gutters cleaned or swept. I can do that for you. And because in the same breath, your family, your kids, your grandchildren, they've moved on with their life. They all have their life that they're leading. So, of course, who's the only one that's coming over and taking care of you and visiting and having fun and relaxing and joking and having you feel like you're alive again? Right? What does that do? It really gives you a good opportunity to have a relationship. And, you know, I've had somebody recently, well, it's been maybe a year and a half now, two years, and they, they've talked about this person, this new person in their life. And they said, are you sure they're honest? Are you sure they're doing the right thing? Uh, and the, the person said, look, I don't have any other beneficiaries. And if when I die, she gets everything, it doesn't really matter to me. Yeah, I have companionship, somebody to help me out at home, somebody to protect me and take care of me. So, you know, I'm okay with that. In other words, they know they're part of the system, but they've decided to buy that with the legacy or the financial well-being because there's nobody else that's going to care for you. So you've just bought a caregiver, except it's going to cost you your whole life savings. So... In your, in your mindset, I want you to know that there's multiple scammers out there, whether they're coming in the form of a text message or a letter or a phone call or a knock on the door. The goal is often to coax financial information from you one way or the other, meaning if you have somebody that's cleaning your home, if you have somebody that comes over and, and helps care for you, where do I want the checkbooks, the bank statements? I want them in a locked file cabinet in a locked room. I don't want them sitting on the counter. I don't want them sitting with the mail because what you'll start to find is somebody will do a change of address and your mail frequency starts to drop and a new address is put in somewhere and it's going somewhere else and they apply for a credit limit or I lost my credit card. Can you send a new credit card to my new address? And they might just pay the minimum payment to keep this scam going so they get access to the bigger chunks of money. But eventually... Whatever the maximum limit is, because they're going to keep raising the limit, raising the limit. Eventually, all of that is going to, to be borrowed, and they're not going to pay a penny, and they disappear. So, look, you know the, the old adage, the butler did it. You can't always blame maids and housekeepers and, and folks that are, are professional cleaners. You can't, although you can say that sometimes the butler does do it, right? Sometimes... There are people that are, are housekeepers and dog walkers and nephews and nieces and, you know, people you know and people you don't know. Most of the scams and frauds committed against seniors, guys, 
are not somebody coming to the door with a mask and a gun. And I don't mean a, you know, these fake COVID masks, right, where they put, <laughs> they put a handkerchief. One of these days we'll do a show on this. Actually, listen to Dennis. Dennis Prager talks really good about this. Just so you know, it, it almost means nothing to have those types of masks. In other words, to keep viruses out. What a joke. But anyway, it's not going to be, a, you know, Batman and Robin dressed in, in Marvel costumes. It's not the Lone Ranger dressed in a mask. They come in with a smile and with cookies. They come in with with flowers. So be very careful about some of the, den- the, the folks you let into your life. You need to have somebody you can trust. No question about it. Whether it's a daughter, whether it's a, a granddaughter or a son or a grandson or, or daughter-in-law, somebody you can trust that can keep an eye on things, maybe gets copies of your statements to say, wait a second, where are all these charges? Who did you write a check for $5,000 to? That's weird. You've never written a $5,000 check in 20 years. What is that all about? Right? So somebody can kind of stay over your shoulder, keep an eye on things. It, it's helpful not just for scams and frauds, but sometimes you might be losing it a little bit, right? I mean, everybody knows when they're losing it a little bit. You pretend like you don't know or you're you're telling people, you know, it's called normal. But if you can catch yourself on just a little bit of the way, you know, you're starting to go, hmm, looks like I'm, I'm a bit more forgetful. Then while you still have enough of your faculties, you need to assign somebody in your life, ask them, maybe put them in the will or the trust, make them the beneficiary of the life insurance policy, give them your home, whatever it is that when you pass away, uh, they might not do it for that reason, right? They're, they're family. But maybe you could say, look, I want to thank you for spending your time with me and caring for my bills and making sure I'm not overcharged and making sure the money isn't stolen. And I want to thank you by giving you this. Okay, so this is important. You know this, but you need to start trusting somebody. The moment we see any kind of an inkling of a client needing help, uh, you you know, making decisions or having a problem with uh, financial stuff, we now require a second set of eyes there. Their daughter has to come in or their son. Or in one case, we had somebody there because they lived out of state, so they were on a video Zoom conference. Everything we did, every copies of everything that we signed or she signed or was going to sign, we sent to him. So these are important things your financial professionals should be doing. And there's always a question we can ask. Do you want a trusted contact? A trusted contact. Let's say you forget to pay your water bill or your electric bill or your life insurance or your car insurance. Right? Where do they send the notices the late notices or the cancellation notices, do they just send them to your house? Well, you haven't paid attention just because you haven't paid attention. So they send a duplicate copy to somebody else, your niece in Fresno, your nephew in Indiana. They'll send that duplicate copy and say, hey, grandma, it looks like you forgot to pay this. Is it something you meant to do on purpose or you want to keep it? Or, oh, I thought I paid that. Oh, wait, look, the check is filled out. It's sitting here in the envelope sitting on my desk. I never sent sent it in. Okay, so part of this is for you to take a look and say, how do I create a, a way, really, to make sure that the people I care about 
and whoever else I want receives the money that, that I committed to. Right? If I want to make sure that you have money set aside for a grandson's college, then, then there's mechanisms in place. There's a way to work through an attorney. There's a way to have certain types of uh, financial accounts. Okay, okay, so those are some important things. One of the, the ideas when we get back in just a minute, I want to get into some of the save for money. Look, part of what we do when it comes to retirement planning is making sure that you have reliable retirement income. Important you know this because financial professionals, they span the, the spectrum. They're great at some things. They're good at other things. We specialize in one thing, and that is reliable retirement income. We're not going to lose your principal. You're not going to get enormous rates of return. You can expect between zero and as high as 12%, maybe 10, 12, 14%. That's it. Every year, you're not going to make more than that. And if the market drops, you're going to keep all of your gains from the previous years. You've locked them in, and you never go backwards. Very important. You can do it without a fee. There's always a couple of catches. Well, the cap, that's one of the catches, right? Keep this in mind because our job is to help you with reliable retirement income. We're going to be back in just a second. I'm Eric Hallaby, 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847 on AM870, The Answer. Financial power, the total financial hour. Now, Arif has a financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power. Hey, welcome back to the show. Thanks for staying with me. And if you're just joining me, I'm Arif Hallaby. The Total Financial Hour brought to you by TFS Financial Insurance Services. It's our firm, 24 years this last week. Isn't that exciting? 24 years. It's uh, amazing when you think about it because we started, uh, I was 10. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was such a young kid. You don't even realize, you know, when you begin a career, you have a mission. For me, it was about saving people money and, and kind of righting wrongs because I had been scammed. Uh, many of you know this, but I had been taken in a few different scams when I was young in my 20s. And I thought... I was a smart guy, right? I'd been an investor and a trader since I was 18. Now, all of a sudden, you know, it's nothing when you trade and lose $500, but it is when it's 100% of your money, right? So that's one thing. But when I had built up, oh, $100,000, $150,000 by the time I was 26 years old, and I was scammed, and they took almost everything from me, and I had to start over. And I thought, wait a second, how did I get scammed? How did I lose everything? What did I do wrong? And so a big part of it is you have to realize the game that you're playing. You, you can't be playing a game where the rules are fairly clear and then be sad when you lose because of the rules, right? So what are the rules? Well, if you're going to invest in the market, surprise, you can lose. If you're going to invest in the market, there's a really good chance that the market will go backwards someday and you will pay a fee for the privilege of losing money. It can happen. Now, you can also have amazing returns. You can have 30% gains, 40% gains. Wonderful. That's great. With us, you will never get that. That's one of the trade-offs. You want safety. You're going to make between 0 and 10% a year. Realistically, over a 10-year period of time, we have seen averages somewhere between 3 and 6. So it isn't designed to beat the stock market, although sometimes we do. 
It's designed to have a safety component, protecting your principal, and growing, or at least having the opportunity to grow, when the market index goes up. So that means if if you're working with the S&P 500, well, then when the S&P 500 goes up, or the Dow Jones Industrial Average, or the bond market, or whatever it is that you might be wanting to, to put aside, you can do that with our accounts. And depending on the index that they, that they have, which are generally most of them, you have a choice, right? I, I don't want to lose my principal. I've worked too hard for this. I'll give you a good example. We had a, a client who has a, uh, an account, his IRA. It's all he's had his whole life. He's worked at jobs where the only thing he's done is put in a little bit into a retirement account at work, but that job was gone a long time ago, and so he just keeps on funding his IRA. Now, at the beginning of the year, it was about 420000 Today, it's about 370000 So we took a look at it. We said, okay, well, is there something we can help you with? And he said, I just can't have this going backwards anymore. I'm starting to make some of my money back now. I want to you know, cut my losses and, and get out of the market. So we, we took a look at his account, said, okay, I can help you with some or part of this. You decide whatever you're looking at or all of it even. And when he looked at the fees... And the amount of fees that he's had in the account versus what he's made since he's been with this particular broker. He's paid somewhere in the neighborhood of about $5,000 a year. So $5,000 a year, and he's had this account with this particular broker for just over five years. So he's put in around, or he's, he's paid in fees around $25,000. And he said, yeah, but I got this amazing portfolio. I mean, you should see this, this notebook with graphs and pie charts. And, you know, they are, they're using big words. And look, they say I'm going to have $7 million by the time I'm... Oh, it's ridiculous. You all have those. One, you never understand them. And let me tell you this. Your broker knows that. They know you don't understand that stuff. Otherwise, you'd be selling uh, products, financial products. They know you don't get it. And they know that you're embarrassed to ask too many questions because after a bit you're going to feel like you're bothering them because you're still from a polite generation. And so they give you this very complicated notebook where they're, they're, page one is all those pie charts and colors and graphs, and, and no, nobody understands it. And in any case, so he's paid about $25,000 since he's been with this broker. Are you ready how much he's made? 20000 he started with about 350, went up to 420, and it's back down to 370. The point is, in five years, we should, he should have made a lot more money than that. The point is, it just depends on wherever the financial broker puts your money. Some accounts are do better and some do worse. But who takes all of the risk? You realize you take all 100% of the risk. In other words, your account can go down to zero. Most likely it never will, but you can lose half. That happens all the time, right? Pretty regularly, every, every five, six, seven years, we see 30, 40, 50, 60%. So, so realistically, you take risk of loss of half of your money. The financial professional never loses. And I saw a commercial, we, make, we do better when our clients do better. Well, that just means you charge a higher fee. So why am I paying to lose my money? For you to say, well, I guess it just didn't work out. Yeah, excuse me. You, you can say, sorry, I'm okay with that. But where's my money? You can apologize and use big words and talk about the bifurcation of the allocations and the deltas and the betas. and Uh-huh. 
Mm, mm, wow, okay, mm hmm. Uh, where's my money? Um, you know, the most I ever made when I was working, Mr. Broker, was uh, 80000 a year. And it seems you've lost two years of my money because you've lost 160000 This just happened. The guy, the most he ever made was 80000 a year. He comes to me and the broker told him, well, you know, it's not a bad thing. At least it's not as bad as others. And he, he tries to, you know, compare it to other people as if, thanks, I'm glad they got you know, screwed worse than me. I mean, I don't know. What do you say? Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm glad other people have more pain than I do. And, and so in this process of you trying to figure out your retirement accounts and, and your financial portfolio, you take a look at it in this guy's case, and he looked and he saw that <laughs> he saw that he had lost two years worth of his work. He said the last two years of my job, I made 80000 a year. It was the best I ever made. But guess what? I don't have a penny now. Those two years are gone. So I think one of the things that you want to do, guys, is try to figure out where is it that your family is going to uh, live in retirement? What kind of money are you going to spend? Right? The old adage of getting out of debt is important when it's consumer debt, cars, credit cards, student loans. But if it's an asset, I want you to do the math, right? If it's a rental property, I don't want you to take from your food, shelter, clothing to pay down the debt of a rental property when it's servicing itself. I owe 120000 I can pay it off. You, you can, for sure. But as long as the rent's coming in, it's being covered, so you're good. But eventually, you're going to get to a place where you might sell that asset or, or the people inherit it. And as your family's job is to go off of whatever wishes, if any, that you had. Okay, so, so your, your purpose in retirement, number one, is to uncomplicate things. So if that's the reason for getting rid of things like rental properties or for getting out of the market or for reducing your exposure to all of these uh, esoteric uh, bond option, limited partnerships, promissory notes. I've seen everything. It's incredible. Maybe that's the job. Maybe that is your goal, is to eliminate some of the, the market risk. And I think that's not a bad idea. Because, again, back to the older we get, as time moves on, we don't want to be as complicated because we're going to forget things. We're going to forget reasons that we did things. Why do we have this account? Why do we have that account? What's the purpose of this account? Because I don't want you to feel like you're, you're starting to get in a place in your life where, where suddenly things don't make sense. Because that's when folks, including brokers, I've told you about one before, but I'll tell you again. This gentleman is down in the Orange County, South Bay area. And I'm a bit generous when I use the word gentleman. But a lady calls me and says, hey, Arif, you know, this guy wants to be my beneficiary. He brought his son over to my house, who's 15 years old, and said, since you don't have any other beneficiaries when, when uh, you pass away, wouldn't it be nice to, have, to make sure my son goes to college? 
And I said, excuse me? He said, yeah, can you believe he said that? Now, I need you to understand this for a second. That's not a good thing to do. This, this guy's a bad guy. If any of your financial professionals ever ask to be your beneficiary or insinuate or bring their kids or their daughter or talk about somebody who's sick and wouldn't it be nice if you lent me money right now, that is beyond not acceptable. Okay? You should report them. You should say, look, this is not, this is not cool. In fact, it's very difficult to even get involved with any financial transaction with your clients. You shouldn't. It's not the way it goes. All right, so, so there's lots of ways that scams and frauds, it's not just the housekeeper, it's often the financial professional. It isn't just the butler did it, all right? Sometimes it's the, the stepson or the nephew. It can be anybody. Okay, I want to give you a list. I'm going to switch gears a little bit with you because th- let's start thinking a little bit big picture, and then we're going to hone in a, on some things. Uh, I wanted you to see, in order to have kind of a great future and a great lifestyle, We have to think for a minute. When we're between zero and 20 years of age, what is our objective? It's usually friends. It's relationships. Right? Uh, You have friends from high school, your old neighbor, you know, you and him were in the second grade together, and you've been friends ever since. These kinds of things, relationships, often are developed outside of the home and inside the home between zero and 20 years of age, all all the way through, through your 20s. What we're seeing in the 30s now is family. People start settling down. They want to have children. This is the time when women have their 2.2 children, right? Guys will have, have one or two kids, uh, three kids, whatever they're doing. It's often in your, in your 30s. My 30s were kind of a blur because we're raising kids and we're homeschooling and business is growing and we're moved and... And we're trying to figure this. So a lot of things were happening in my 30s. Seemed like it was a blur to me. I don't know. Always had a diaper bag somewhere close because we had three kids about a year and a half apart. So for years, we had diaper bags and strollers and car seats. And and the last one to be in a car seat, the littlest one to be in a car seat, is now six foot two. So I don't think he's in a car seat anymore. In your 40s, my experience has taught me People want to have influence. Now, when I say influence, it's influence at work. You want that mid-level promotion job, maybe even the upper-level management. But you also want to have influence with your teenagers. You also want to have influence with your parents as they're getting up there in age, siblings, maybe even the community. When you're in your 40s, Influence begins to matter in one form or fashion, running for certain offices, sitting on boards, volunteering, having an, an, an investment and involvement, a purpose. Still involved with the family, but maybe we're a coach. Maybe we're coaching a soccer team for the six-year-olds. We're doing something in our 40s where we have influence. Now, 50s, you start to become less important on a day-to-day basis, but the core of the individuals that you had influence with, your family, your kids, your friends, your nieces, your nephews, that core doesn't change. In other words, the influence is still there because you laid the foundation. But now they don't need you every day. And now you're in your 50s. Now it's relevance. My experience has taught me that relevance, being 
needed, being involved, being valuable outside of the day-to-day operations of, uh, of food, shelter, clothing, right? And then in our 60s, we want to be entertained. A lot of folks in our 60s, now you might push these up five, five or 10 years, depending on when you got started having kids and when you got started having a promotion or when you went back to school, right? Some of these can adjust. But 60s on in retirement, that's an entertainment. It's a shame to have worked your whole life to only be able to afford to stay inside and watch you know, cable TV. That's not, that isn't the way to retire. Now, I understand today it might be different. People are still concerned about the virus and all. I get it. But overall, the entertainment, the value of your life can re- go beyond just reading books. And remember, these things don't end. It's not as if once you leave your 20s, friends aren't important anymore. This is a building block. This is step by step. So being entertained with friends and family where you have influence and you feel relevant, these things make a difference in your life and they matter to the right people in your life because as you are going through the step-by-step process of, of living, it's okay when things change, right? You used to like golf, but your back hurts now. I understand you have a great set of golf clubs and at any minute now you're going to go back and start playing. I, I can see it. I can see it in your eyes. In fact, you laced up your shoes once. And now, and different. So get to the place where you can cut things loose. You can say, you know what? This just isn't going to happen anymore. I'm done with this. Entertainment, value, relevance. Because when you start to to pair up your retirement accounts at the same period of time, when you're in your 20s and 30s, you should have a lot more risk. Right? You should have two-thirds or even 100% of your retirement money in the market if you're adding to it each and every day. Because in order for you to live this life that we've kind of laid out, right, what my experience has taught me, I start to see patterns and trends. In order for you to live that kind of experience, something very simple has to happen. What is it? Well, believe it or not, you have to have the money. I I don't make the rules. You, You can get mad at me if you want, but you just have to have the money. Now, whether it comes from a pension, whether it comes from Social Security, an annuity, the stock market, rental property, real estate, right? It, that's okay. It has to come from somewhere. And when you're younger, it's mostly coming from your job. So your retirement accounts can go up and down, up and down. When you're working, your paycheck is generally steady. There's a few of you renegades out there that'll work only on commission, and you'll have peaks and valleys, especially at the beginning years of your, of your craft. But eventually, you realize that your food, shelter, clothing needs to have some sort of predictability, right? That's why we have a 30-year house payment. That's why our rent payment is a, a one-year lease, right? I know that it isn't going to change for one year. These things are important, predictability, comfort. But then on the other side, what do you get? Very simple. Your retirement accounts, when you're young, let them go up and down. Because while they're down, while they're in the tank, you're buying more shares. Let them do that. You're sending in systematic withdrawals from your paycheck uh, or from your savings account, going in, buying, going in, buying. Great. It's up. It's down. But now you're in your 50s. Now you're in your 60s or your 70s. 
you can't afford the ups and downs. You can't afford a seven, eight, or 10-year time horizon to get all your money back because that's that happened twice in the last 20 years, by the way, guys, is it took six, seven, eight, 10 years to get all your money back. That means from the height of the market, it drops rather quickly. See, people say, Haven't we, didn't we have a recession? I don't think we did. We started slowing down a little bit in February, January, February, believe it or not. Now, if we would have stayed in the doldrums for a year, eight months, something like that, then people would have said, oh, you know what? This is our recession. This is our, quote, correction. But many experts are saying, we didn't have it. This was external forces. You know, what is it? A black swan event, as they say, right? A one in a million. And it wasn't the kind of cleansing that the market needs, which means they take your money. And it wasn't the kind of cleansing that they need in order to say, quote, there's been a correction. So I don't want you to think in putting all your eggs in the, in the one basket in the market, if that's, the, if that's part of what you're doing, then just be okay without needing that funds, those funds for six, eight, 10 years. And you heard me go over a couple of, of problems that I saw where I saw some of the fees. Look, this is always your money. There should be zero financial uh, professionals, I was going to say giving you pressure, but I guess that's it, giving you that pressure to say, oh, well, don't you t- think, and we're going to do this. And, and uh, right, th- this particular person I was telling you the other day at 370000 they have a discretionary uh, authority at the broker, sh- uh, the broker dealer. That means they can buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell. And that's what he's doing. His stockbroker is buying and selling. Unbelievable. Instead of just leaving it, but then when you leave it, why do they need you? Right? If you just put it in and you left it, then why are they charging you a fee of, of four, five, six hundred $600 a month? Because they didn't do anything. Well, I guess they did. They went, okay, hold on, slow down. So name, address, social security number, right? They're order takers. So in order to to substantiate their value, a lot of the financial professionals will buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell. Now listen, if at the end they buy, sell, buy, sell, and they've made you a profit, right? You've paid $500 in fees and you made $10,000, I'll take that deal, right? Charge me $6,000 a year in fees or $5,000 a year in fees, and you've made me $25,000 this year, I think that's a good trade. I would do that. But don't lose my money and charge me a fee. I mean, you get that. I don't know if I'm the only one that that finds that disturbing, but don't lose my money and charge me a fee. Something's wrong with that formula. Something doesn't work. Well, I guess it does for the broker and his boat payment and vacations this summer. But there's no way in the world it should work for you. This is your life savings. Right? If you're at the entertainment, the influence Because what happens in our 70s? It's now legacy. And that legacy can take the form of all sorts of things. Putting your name on the side of a hospital. uh, Helping out a scholarship fund at at, uh, your old high school. Rewarding people for what they do, not the color of their skin. Right? You've heard me say this. Don't give me something for something I can't control. And don't take something from me for something I can't control. Right, I can't control I'm a man. I can't control that my, my dad is uh, Lebanese and my mom is American. I can't. Well, why would you hurt? I didn't do anything. Now, my character, on the other hand, ooh, 
the choices I make, mm -hmm. the people I call friends, the people I choose to hang around with, that is how you judge somebody. Right? You, you can't judge somebody by who their mom and dad is. They didn't have any control. God decided that. And you can't judge people's soul. But you're required to judge their actions. Yes, I want to be around them. No, I don't. This is good. This is evil. I'm going to be around uh, this for a little while. I don't like it at all. Right? There's a difference. You and your family has to stay safe. But getting, getting taken up in this whole craziness, in my opinion, drives people mad. Drives people to a place where, I don't know, I, I guess they end up, who knows, making crazy choices? I don't know. Somebody in your family has to stand up and protect you, protect others, right? Because sometimes you're the one that sees the weird activity on somebody's balance sheet, right? Why did you sell that house? What did you do, Grandma? Why is it you never had problems with money before? Why all of a sudden do you have problems? Okay, so a lot of these things that can occur is for you guys to go through and figure out where, what stage am I in? Family, influence, relevance, entertainment, or legacy? Because how you fund legacy, you could do it with life insurance. You can go do it with real estate. You can do it with your retirement accounts. An upcoming show, we're going to talk about the difference of when you would leave real estate, when you would leave uh, uh, life insurance, what the purposes of those two are. And the tax code is interesting because it actually benefits you to leave something like life insurance and real estate and not your retirement account because the taxes are quite severe, okay? So thanks for listening, guys. Listen, as we go through this every week, I always want to give you the phone number so you can reach out to us if you have a question, you have a concern. It's 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847, 888-99-RETIRE. I'm Eric Hallaby. This is your place for news talk and information, the total financial hour on AM 870, The Answer. Learn from Arab Hallaby.